Dilly King Kong. Your curiosity quest starts here. Hey there, big cats and kittens. This is the Q-Code Podcast coming at ya from quarantine, except for me, who's in this lovely tropical island. So if you're following us on YouTube, you can see that. If you're how's, the, uh, how's the temperature there, Trap? Oh, it's a lovely 82 degrees consistently. That is amazing. Funny, because in your glasses, I can see like the inside of a house. just kidding this is my lovely background this is where i want to be i want to be away from all this stuff not saying that you if you're on an island that uh coronavirus is not present but probably i mean if you're going to get coronavirus might as well be on a tropical island right so but it looks like there are zero cases in some part of samoa some island in samoa Really? So she said we're going to be moving there. So maybe next episode I will actually have trans background, but it won't be a background. It'll be real. Again, (laughs) for those of you who are listening on the podcast audio form only, you can also see what we're talking about in on YouTube. If you visit our channel, what's our channel trap? Q code podcast on YouTube. I believe that's correct. Yeah, it's just Kiko Podcast. Sweet. So there. Go to YouTube, check us out, so you can see what our lovely backgrounds are, except for Alan, who actually, before we started, had a background of the Tiger King, but has decided not to do that, so it kind of made my joke stupid. Oh, fine. (laughs) It did hurt your joke. The equity of your joke plummeted. When he and, uh, there he is. There's the Tiger King. So you get a little roar, Alan. Roar! <laughs> <laughs> he just got. You guys might have met my wife there just barely. It was that. It was that. The thing is, is that like I'm working on my butt. <laughs> is, she, is she wearing red? Huh? She's wearing pink. Oh, okay, because she comes in like most of her just disappears. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> floating head. It is like pink and black. <laughs> but anyway, cool. probably well, pretty boring for most people who are just listening, especially just to the audio. So Jeez. we've got a good show. If you listen to our last episode, we talked kind of about just our feelings about Corona. COVID-19 and uh, so we thought we'd follow that up with a little bit more of a factual a little more of a historical episode uh, just to talk about kind of some of the other viruses that have gone on some of the other plagues or or outbreaks pandemics whatever you want to call it um, that have gone around and and just to kind of see as we compare what we're going through right now you know, which are, I mean, I don't know which is better or if that's really what we're going at or just how different it is for us. Probably just like comparing pandemics of the past with pandemics of today and potentially pandemics of the future. Yeah. 
So, but before we get into all that, I do have something that I would like to uh, that I would like to share. Now, um, if you followed our our podcast from the beginning, um, we usually like to kind of start things out with uh, just some type of a topic to get the juices flowing to to make it easier for us to just kind of go into our conversation. So we have one of those, uh, which is uh, a question of what is what was it? What is the sickest you've ever been? Yeah, the okay. sickest you've ever been in so your life. We're going to talk about that. Hopefully, we all have. Some. I know I have like several, <laughs> but um, but before. So you're saying you have multiple times that you were so sick that they all tie for the most sick. There's just two that come up, um, and they're. I mean, they're both short, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to that. I had a conversation uh, with my younger brother, Trevor, and uh, he sent me this te- these texts. And uh, we also had, uh, on one of the episodes, we had Travis Mydell, uh, one of our friends, on. And he was also in on this, uh, this conversation through text that I was having with my brother. That so like a group text. It was, it was a group text, but it concerns you, Danny, so... Figured I'd, I'd bring it up and Oh, see. wait. I think, is this the conversation you guys had about whether I was better looking now or better looking yesterday or I'll be better looking tomorrow? We would never have that conversation. That- <laughs> That's true yeah. because there is no right answer. They're all tied. Ah. That's an answer. Yeah. That's going in as a Danny joke later. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. I get this text, and it says, Random thought here. I just remembered that Danny made me a godfather to his son, Kai. And then he said, I honestly don't know how to spell it. I'm the worst godfather. <laughs> He's like, But you couldn't anyway. spell Kai? Yeah, I didn't know how to spell it. I think he spelled it right. Wait, where'd it go? How do you spell it? K A I. K A I. No, so he he did not spell it right. <laughs> K I E. Yeah, no. K I E. K I E. Anyway, so he says. Anyways, do you think he just did that so I would feel so I wouldn't feel left out? I think he did. Like, let's be be serious and let's think this over. The only reason I can think Danny would feel any obligation to include me is he slept on my couch for six months. (laughs) And I was was totally chill about it. (laughs) We never even hung out once, Travis. If you want some solid material, you should bring that up on your next podcast episode. So then I, <laughs> so then I reply, oh, hell yeah, definitely will. We'll get to the bottom of this uh, semi-publicly. So semi-publicly. Um, next text comes in. And this is from Travis Mydell. And he says, ha, ha, ha. I think that's a valid thought process there. That's a pretty extreme version of someone not wanting you to feel left out. Usually it's when you are having a party, not making someone a godparent. 
<laughs> so then he says, then Trevor says, I can remember the moment so vividly. We were standing outside the spaghetti factory, and he was going to tell you guys that he was going to have a kid. And I remember he tells both of you that you're going to be God, <laughs> that you're going to be godfathers. And I swear to the man upstairs, he pans around to me and goes, you too, Trev. <laughs> I, I really feel as though he was like Oprah and we were all the audience that he was just giving out Godfather titles to everyone. But by the time it got to me, it felt a little forced. And then the last one, Travis Mydell pipes in and he's like, you too, Trev, and you there, sir, cleaning the garbage cans. You're a godfather, too. And that homeless gentleman, he is, too. We all are. <laughs> so I guess, I guess Trevor just really wants to know, were, <laughs> did you feel, did you feel uh, that he needed to be included? <laughs> so, I mean, I figured that... <laughs> What I mean, any kid would be happy to have one good role model in their life. Why not have as many as possible? And so, <laughs> you don't have to be a godfather to be a role model. I just think it's funny that he's like, he asked me to be his godfather to his son Kai. I honestly don't even know how to spell it. I'm the worst godfather. <laughs> I do like his like thinking on that. He's like. What other words that I know that rhyme with Kai? Well, I enjoy pie, so I'm pretty sure it's just pie with a K. <laughs> uh, anyway. And to clarify, I'm pretty sure that I did not say you guys are all godfather. I said you guys are all about to become uncles. I think that might be it. <laughs> Because I, I actually do. I do remember it because we're standing there in that circle and you're like, in this circle, there are four uncles. It's a big time in my life. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> so, All right, well, let's move on to the next part. So the question is, when was this... When have you been the sickest, I guess, in your life? What, uh, what is the sickest you've ever been in your life? What is the life? sickest you've ever been in your life? So, who wants to go first? What's the sickest you've ever been, Al? Mm, I don't know if this was the sickest I've ever been. I'm having a hard time thinking of the sickest, but this was definitely one of the worst. And... Partly because it was so weird. Actually, there's two of them I have like this. So the first was when we were in Boy Scouts and we went on a camping trip. And like I ate a whole huge bag of beef jerky just to myself <laughs> like in an hour or two. And it dehydrated me so bad. I just started puking my guts out. My whole body just felt weird. And um, 
I was incapacitated for, for the rest of the night, basically. I feel like Why a lot of people drink any water. Huh? Why did you not drink any water? I just, I wasn't aware at the time it was probably dehydration. <laughs> it was only later I figured that out. It's like, I'm so thirsty. Give me another beef jerky stick. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one is similar, and Danny was the cause of it. Um, so I loved pickles as a kid. I was obsessed with pickles. And we had like this huge Costco jar of pickles. And that is incorrect. You're already telling the story wrong. <laughs> no, I remember it. No, it was not a Costco jar of pickles. It was a price savers jar of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old we are. It was still big old jar of pickles. <laughs> are they still around? is Sam's Club. They got bought out by Walmart and then they became Sam's Club. Oh. But so we had a whole, all the pickles were gone. And then Dan decided he was going to, he was going to pay me $10 or something like that if I could drink all the pickle juice in the jar. We're talking like, it was like a gallon-sized jar, I swear, something like that. But so I started drinking. I was a like, gallon. <laughs> what? Here's a gallon of pickles. <laughs> you ever hear that? It's like, hey, hon, I like them. Now can you pick up a gallon of pickles? <laughs> I only eat pickles by the gallon. That's what I literally did. But um, so I start drinking and I'm like, this is easy. I love pickles. And I get down to like maybe a few swallows left. And then I'm just. And then Danny did not pay me. (laughs) Well, the deal was you would get $10. You know what that amount of pickle juice does to your body? (laughs) It brains it. So both the pickles and the beef jerky, it was years until I could eat them again. Actually, beef jerky, I still don't eat. Pickles, I do. (laughs) (laughs) It was a glorious day when I finally could down a pickle again and not throw up. Well, I don't know if this will make you feel any better, but even if you would have done it, he wasn't going to pay you anyway. (laughs) No, that's exactly what he would have got paid. It's just that I knew the capacity that he could he could handle, and I knew it was four like point four ounces too much, and he was not okay. So, Danny, like, how old were you at the time? Like nine? Yeah. Did you even have ten dollars? So, like, I didn't see yeah, Danny like because I was like um, ten. Um. Okay. Alan's body can only take um this many ounces of pickle juice. I know that he's going to be able to get down to the last four ounces and he will not be able to withstand it. I even Friggin' nerd. <laughs> I did. I was like, mm, I'm going to calculate the body mass index of my brother Alan and figure out. He's got his graphing calculator and he's like, oh, 
But as you can see, with a 0.5% confidence ratio, I can pretty much ascertain that he will not be able to finish this pickle juice. <laughs> you turn from nerd to like you're just like pickle juice <laughs> you went from nerd to feminine yes. so. <laughs> alright so okay Dan what about you so the sickest that I can remember being is I was <laughs> night. I believe this is actually shortly after, if I remember right, shortly after uh, I left Trav's couch <laughs> and moved, moved on to my mom's small apartment. And I got super sick with the flu. And I think for some reason I ended up at my grandparents' house. I think they might have gone out of town or something like that. So I was by myself, just kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker to the point where I was like starting to feel like I was getting delirious. So I go get myself to the emergency room and they're like, yeah, we got to get your fever down because it's getting dangerously high. And so they worked on that. And at the same time, they're like, we're going to have to do a spinal tap. I remember this. (laughs) Yeah. And so... I'm sitting there feeling so much like all my, my body aches, my joints hurt. I like got a fever. I'm just like, I have no energy. Doctor comes in with this big old needle. It's like, I got to do a spinal tap. Unfortunately, this doctor was not very good or was new or something. And he could not find how to get in between my vertebrae. <laughs> and so he was like wiggling the freaking needle. You just in my feel back. it scratching on your spine. Yeah. And so, and I remember just sitting there holding on to the little, like the tray that they, you see in movies where they put like the different like tools when they're doing surgery, where they're like scalpel, you know, <laughs> but I'm like literally holding on to that, like leaned over, bent, hunched over as he's doing it. And then I'm like shaking and I'm like, and the whole thing just keeps rattling and louder and louder as I sit there. And finally, on the third time, he's able to finally get the sample that he needs out of my spine. And then I think at that point, my dad showed up. And they had given me a bunch of Benadryl, and they hooked me up to a EK, is it EKG that does your heart. And so I can hear the boop, boop, boop. And I'm like kind of half asleep. Apparently the thing they put on your finger that is monitoring your heartbeat fell off my finger, but I didn't notice. <laughs> oh so all of a sudden I hear like, it's this happened. And then I just freak I guess my dad's like, I guess I like just sat up and I'm freaking out. I'm like, I'm dying! I'm dying! Dude, you would have already been dead. You would have been dying. And they're like, no, it just fell off your finger. I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sickest I can remember being. It took me like a week and a half, two weeks to get better from that. Like I was on codeine and some other narcotic. I'm trying to remember what it was. Guys, my shoulders keep disappearing. (laughs) (laughs) So 
<laughs> I don't know if I've ever gotten that sick. Wait, I don't. Um, I, was, I don't know if you guys know this, but you cannot remove a bullet from somebody's body unless you have a glass or a metal cup to drop it into and make a clanging so- sound. Did you know that? <laughs> More vital information for your everyday life. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Based on every movie, if they remove a bullet from a body, you have to have something to drop it into that makes a clanging sound. <laughs> I would use a Dixie paper cup. <laughs> that would not be satisfying. <clears throat> I hope they come out of the movie that they just drop bullets constantly into like rubber. I was going to say mollusks, but that's not a type of cup. Into onto memory foam. <laughs> the the rubber, rubber, cups. Cups, rubber cups with memory foam inlay. Basically, I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> basically, I don't know either. Just to I'm gonna tell you about the weirdest thing. Or some elementary kid made to uh, drop an egg off a roof and it won't break. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> like a little parachute on it. Was that a weird tangent? That was a that was I, a nice squirrel. Yeah. So. <laughs> Most recently this year, okay, starting like it was like January 1st. I remember because I was at my mom's, uh, she retired this year, and I went to her retirement party. What? So, congrats to your mom. Yes, congrats to my mom. She's living the life. But we went, uh, she was having a retirement party at this, this, uh, it was like that Club 50 something on 90th. What is Club that? 90. Club 90. <laughs> that one. Club 50 something on 90. <laughs> but so we're there and like everybody was dancing and I don't do like a lot of dancing myself, especially in clubs. We've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but one day we will about why <laughs> I don't like clubs and it's all Danny's fault. Well, but, clubs are cool. Well, yeah. me. But I just wasn't feeling good. And everybody's like, well, why aren't you dancing? I'm like, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And uh, it, I think then, like looking back on it, I, I probably had the flu. And, uh, but after a couple of days, I didn't have, like, I didn't even check to see if I had a fever. Also, didn't even know, like, coronavirus is going to be such a big thing. So had I known, like, <laughs> did I ever come in contact with somebody from Asia? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Your friends are Asian. Sickness spanned three months. It wasn't until the beginning of March when all this craziness started that I felt good. And it was like I had a flu that was, uh, in addition to that, Uh. after the flu, I got a sinus infection. And after that, I just got your, your standard cold. And throughout the whole time, for three months, I had a cough, and it was driving me crazy. So that's, like, one of the sickest, I guess, if you're looking at time frames. But as far as, like, feeling sick, um, <clears throat> I got food poisoning uh, while I was on my mish, on my mission. And uh, uh, Wait, where'd you go on your mission again? <sighs> New Jersey. Uh, Spanish-speaking. Spanish-speaking New Jersey. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> 
I remember because me and my me and my companion, we went to go visit uh, one of the members of the church, and uh, he we went in and he made us food. He was from the Dominican, and he gave us a bowl of rice that was drenched in basically like tomato sauce, like a tomato paste sauce, and then he just threw chicken in it. And it was like spaghetti rice. Yeah, it was basically like spaghettios, but with rice uh-huh. instead of noodles, and then just chunks uncooked. of chicken. Chuck chunks of what I figured out was uncooked chicken, or <laughs> not very well cooked chicken. <laughs> because both me and my companion that night were uber sick. And we were floored. Like, I remember. <laughs> so he got it worse than I did. I don't know. Maybe he had, like, a second bowl. Were you guys fighting over the toilet? No, because, so I was asleep, and I was feeling all right um, for a little bit. <laughs> but I, I woke up to him on the toilet, and he was just going from both ends. So he, <laughs> you'd hear him do one. You'd hear him do the number two. And then he'd like pause and he'd have to, you'd, he'd hear a pause and then you'd hear a flip and, and then throw up. So, but what was funny too is, and this is me laugh, like I'm sick as a freaking dog. I'm not feeling that great. And I'm busting a gut just laying in my bed because I can hear him in there. And he'd be like, like puking. And then after every time he'd puke, he'd go, oh boy. <laughs> For like <laughs> 20 minutes, I'd hear, oh, boy. <laughs> so wait, what do you guys do when you guys get sick like that on your mission? Like, can you guys not go out for a day or two? Well, I mean, it's up to us. Nobody's like monitoring us. But um, as I recall, we didn't, the the day after was our day our preparation day so we didn't uh, have to go out and and do any work until 6 p.m that night anyway and so uh, we were we were just laying on the floor all day long just i think some people brought us over like some sprite and soda crackers and all that stuff and by the time we were by the time we got to six o'clock we had like an english class that we were teaching yeah um and so we we picked ourselves up and we at least went out and did the English class and then came back and by the next day we were all good because it was all out of our system. We got it out. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that was like the worst I remember feeling because that was yuck. But then here's the thing though. Here's the kicker. And then we can move on after this. Um, we went back to visit him the next week because we had a meeting with him and he gave us the same damn stuff. <laughs> did you eat it? Yeah, we ate it. Why'd you eat it? Hey, because shame on you. Fool me twice. Fool me, you can't get fooled again. Fool me, I can't get fooled again. (laughs) (laughs) No, luckily we didn't get food poisoning again. But I I mean, you know, like after you get food poisoning or you get sick after eating something, the last thing you want to do. I mean, didn't you just talk about not eating pickles and freaking yeah. And that last years, I could not imagine going back just a few days later and having to eat all that again. (laughs) 
Well, it's like in high school. Remember, like when Carl's Jr. came out with that sourdough burger? Yeah. They were like, oh, I like sourdough and I like burgers. I might as well try a sourdough burger. And then the next two days, I just spent throwing up. But I was like, (laughs) no, it wasn't that. So I went back the next week, got another sourdough burger, spent the next two days throwing up. (laughs) I never, I haven't, I didn't eat Carl's Jr. for like 15 years. Like, I just barely went to Carl's Jr. like a year ago for the first time. So maybe it's like 20 years almost. <laughs> yeah, junior. You old as dirt, bro. So, <laughs> what they really mean when they say if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face, is your projectile vomit. If you are not projectile vomiting after eating our food, we haven't done our job. They just messed it up. It's not, it doesn't, if it doesn't go to all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face. It should say, if it doesn't go all over the place, it doesn't come out of your face. Carl's Jr. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. We better get moving on. So let's get to our main topic. Oh, I totally uh, so forgot we were going to talk about other stuff. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about whatever. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> but you guys did prepare something a little bit for coronavirus, so we probably should talk about it. But uh, so, yeah, the main topic today is the history of pandemics and why this time will be better. Ooh, I like that. I know, because we wanted to, we wanted to like, we last week we talked about this. We're talking about it again this week. Obviously, it's a big subject. It's a big conversation. And it's like on the top of everybody's mind and has been for the past month and probably will be for the next little while. So it's not a surprise that we're doing two episodes on this after this. Trav and I have already talked, um, but we're going to probably go to other subjects that are not Corona virus related for a while, at least, unless something else big occurs or happens in the world of COVID-19. But for now, we're going to kind of go through, like Trav said, some of the pandemics in history, what is the differences between those pandemics and what we're currently experiencing, and then try to be on a positive note and talk about things that are maybe positives or, or things that are good, better now than they would have been in pandemics of the past that we could have learned from. So hope that works for you guys. What do you think works for me? (laughs) Alan, how do you feel about this? For audio people, he's doing thumbs up. (laughs) My thumbs are like weird. Look at that. I really do think sometimes we're like forgetting that people are <laughs> listening to this more than they're probably watching it. I think and my so, friends will join it for the listeners and they can bend it. Like, like, I mean, please. listen to it on the podcast, but it's so much better if you go to, <laughs> you go to YouTube. The YouTube channel needs more hits. Uh, go and hit that subscribe button and hit the bell. Yeah. So, yeah, what is the bell do do that now before while you do that so if we're gonna i mean are we ready to just get into this guys jump right in all right um so have you guys let's start back actually bring up slide number one i'm gonna take you guys on a little journey if you will back many many years how many years you might ask about 300. The Ice Age. So, 
about 3000 BC, which is about 5,000 years ago, more than that, circa 3000 BC, was called the prehistoric epidemic that occurred and it wiped out an entire Chinese village. That's about all I got on that one. <laughs> what, what's the pandemic? Just that there were some big old I guess there was, they just, no, I just picked that picture because it looked prehistoric. Oh, it's called, okay. it's called prehistoric epidemic. I those were the Chinese people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to throw that in there to see what you guys do. All okay. right, let's really start at something a little bit more modern. By modern, I mean like 1346 to 1353. Bring up slide number two. Most of you guys probably heard of this. Trav, what happened in 1346 to 1353? The plague? The Black Death. The Black Death? Yep. Bubonic Black Death. Yep. They're all the same thing. Well, basically, like, technically during the Black Death era, there was like three different plagues that were really going on, but the most... Uh, predominant one was the bubonic plague um, but yeah it's like this is a plague that wiped through Europe and basically their estimates are killed 30 to 60 percent of the population in Europe they figured that the population of earth was about 475 million when this started and was dropped down to about 350 million so just imagine basically like one out of four people in the world died from this it was like so, the snap. Yeah, but not quite as bad as the snap, I guess, because that was 50% of people well, in the in, universe. In Europe, now. it was. Don't well, minimize I, I the read, snap. I read in Europe, 50% of the population. Yeah. Paris. Just Europe, though, not the universe. The snapping <laughs> was much worse. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, like exactly. Um, but yeah. I mean, just imagine, like, literally, there's three of us on this podcast. There's a very, very high likelihood that one of us would have died in this pandemic. But all three of us could skate by free and clear. Yeah, and then that means some other poor sap is dead. (laughs) You know who it would be. You know who it would be if it was us three. It would be me. (laughs) Because I'm just that lucky. Move on. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into this in another episode. But I want to talk about being unlucky and just food for thought for a trap. Just remember the red light curse. <laughs> the red light curse. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. All right. So if you had the bubonic plague, basically the things that you would notice is like I mean, typically aching joints, fever, <laughs> vomiting of blood. You could develop tumors. So really, it kind of sounds like just like a super bad flu that turns into like vomiting blood. What would you call that? Uh, I don't know. I want to know how they came up with bubonic anyway. Like who came up with that? Bubonic. It's It's, it's scary. They're like, boo, bonic. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to see how you would come up with it. <laughs> Bonic. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but no, so you get the flu like symptoms and then you just start vomiting blood is what you said. Yeah. It's like basically. Is it like, yeah. is it like and then some people would develop tumors. So I'm guessing there's like, obviously like some people, you know, survived, but some of them could have survived, but with like these additional tumors that they developed or long-term issues from having the plague itself. Um, I know how yeah. they did it. I know how they did it. So somebody grew like another lump, like on their chest and someone was like, Oh look, you got another boob on it. And he's like, a boob on it. It's a bubonic plague. <laughs> you got another boob on it. <laughs> yeah. Well done. That is a little better than my scary <laughs> But the crazy thing about this particular, I mean, about the Black Plague, as bad as it was during that whole time frame, think about going through that, but it kept reappearing every few years for the next three centuries. There would be outbreaks. And so just imagine just 300 years of like never feeling safe that like any moment now the black plague could come back and get you. Mm. So like the black plague could have very well killed somebody's like great, great, great grandfather and their great, great grandfather and their great grandfather and their grandfather and their father. And then, well, you know, maybe if they weren't all just taking dumps in the street, (laughs) well, you live and learn, you live and learn. And that is why we have the sewer systems that we do. But Speaking I mean, of the COVID-19, even if it disappears here in the Northern Hemisphere during the summer months, it's, it could still just go down to the Southern Hemisphere and start epidemics down there, breakouts. And then next year, when it gets cold here, it'll just come back if we don't, you know, until we actually get a vaccine that we can start giving everybody. Yeah. No, I mean, it'll be something that we can't be like feel safe from until we do have a vaccine and we get most of the world immune to the COVID. But think about it from the standpoint of like how scary that could be for a year or two versus like your whole life. 300 years for a lot of people. Like, cause what was the average lifespan back then is probably like <clears throat> 35, 40 years old. So think of how many generations live their entire life in fear of bubonic plague. That would suck. About nine or ten. Well, each generation, they're probably having kids at about 15 to 18. Oh, yeah. So I would say... (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Okay. So, do you guys have anything else on the bubonic leg, or should we move on to smallpox? Move on to smallpox. Woo! All right, let's move to the next slide. So this is what smallpox looks like. Yeah. For anybody who's watching it on YouTube, this is what smallpox looks like when you get it. It's, it's a terrible disease. First of all, um, basically what happens when you get smallpox is it starts with what they call raised papules and they become filled with fluid. And then the fluid after a couple of days causes those papules to turn into pustulates And then eventually the pustulates begin to leak 
slowly until they're drained and then the pustulates themselves dry out and then they become hard and scaly and then they become lesions and then scabs all over your body if you're lucky enough to live through all of that so basically you have sores all over your entire body and then most people never were the same afterwards obviously like they would have all kinds of scars all over them um from (coughs) excuse me from having smallpox but yeah but it was a deadly disease they figure on average they could have had as high as a 62% or as high as a 62% uh, death rate from smallpox. Part of that is because the big, huge epidemic of smallpox came from Europe. Europe? Europe. <laughs> Europe. <laughs> came from Europe. <laughs> Not my up, it's your it's up. It's your up. <laughs> <laughs> It's a hard continent to say. All right, so (laughs) it came from Europe. Are you sure it didn't come from Japan? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but it did come to America. (laughs) But yeah, it was back in the days of Columbus and the explorers from Europe bringing this over. But basically, Europeans at this point had already become virtually immune to this kind of stuff. Um, but they brought over these new diseases that the Native Americans here were not used to at all, and it decimated them. So over the next like hundred years or so, um, I think it was like ninety percent of the Native American population in the Americas, like not even just like North America, but in Central and Southern America, died not from either smallpox, other diseases that they brought, or just from being killed by the Spanish conquistadors or whoever else came over here from Europe and basically claimed the land as their own and murdered everybody that was in their way. Yeah. Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) So So that's smallpox. So is smallpox just like a skin thing or like there are other symptoms? Is it like you get, I'm not positive on this. I mean, I know you have the skin thing, but I'm assuming if your whole body is covered in legions and this whole thing, it's causing other problems internally. You probably get, I'm assuming fevers because your body's trying to fight it this entire time too. So you probably have like all your immune system things going off and then eventually shutting down if they can't handle it. So I'm assuming there's going to be other complications involved as well, but as you can see, it's like a horrible, horrible disease to uh, contract. So, something that I would not want to contract personally. That's so the I know. So, if we fast forward a couple centuries from there, we can get into the 20th century or 1918 to be exact. If you want to move to the next slide, Alan, what happened, Trav, in 1918? The Spanish flu. Yeah, I don't know why I where, said it all British-like, but... Well, it's kind of ironic, because where did Spanish flu originate from? Europe. <laughs> I don't know, but it wasn't Spain. I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, a lot of people, like, pegged it as being... I don't remember why, but I did remember hearing a story a long time ago about how it was not originated in Spain, but it got pegged on the Spanish for some reason. 
But basically, the Spanish flu is the original H1N1. Where have you guys heard that before? The swine flu? Yeah. So H1N1. So H1N1 is like the na- like coronavirus is technically a bunch of different types, like viruses. COVID-19 is the specific one we're dealing with right now. So H1N1 is just like the equivalent of coronavirus. Yeah, but it's my that's my understanding is it's a type of virus. Um, but yeah, so like now they've had the H1A, H1N1 outbreak that became like the swine flu. I think there's like H5N1 or something, wasn't that? I think that was bird flu. But each, some of them have different numbers and stuff like letters and I don't know. It's something that I would like to learn more about, but I don't know at this very moment. But the Spanish flu lasted for in a lot of ways, I think it can resemble what we're going to go through or we are going through right now in the fact that it took them two years to really get through the pandemic of the Spanish flu because it did exactly what you said, Al. Like Once it would finally start looking like it was tapering off, it would come back and hit with another vengeance. Um, so over the course of 1918 to 1920, the Spanish flu killed 675,000 Americans and 50 million people worldwide, um, which at that point, I would imagine the population of the Earth couldn't have been more than like 2 or 3 billion. I think, so I looked up in nineteen in nineteen hundred, the population was about one point six billion. Okay, so I imagine it's like two billion, maybe in nineteen twenty, a little less. So, so if you lose fifty million out of that two billion, that's like what two and a half percent of the population. I don't know. You're the mathematician, dude. Well, maybe somebody could be double checking my math while. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we'll just assume you're right. I can't imagine somebody's listening to us and being like, uh, uh, that's not 2.5%. <laughs> and even well, if they could do, who cares? <laughs> well, I'm assuming it's 5% of 1 billion. So if, of 2 billion, I'm just cutting it in half, you know, 2.5%. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so of the entire population, like Alan said, if there was 1.6 to 2 billion people on earth, one third of the people on earth actually contracted, uh, the Spanish flu at some point during that two years. So one out of every three people had to go through the Spanish flu, which 2.5%. Thank you. Your calculator is impressive. It for took me that long <laughs> with the calculator. Because <laughs> my calculator on my phone, it wouldn't let me go up to 2 billion. And so, and then I was like, oh, and I figured out if I turn it sideways, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought? I do math in my head that is bigger than your phone can do vertically. That's what you're I saying. Know. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that was the Spanish flu. Alan, did you, I know you said you read a little bit about the Spanish flu. Yeah. Bacon is sharing thing. Like, yes, yes, I did. Good conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to share with us what you learned, Alan? <laughs> 
Well, so I was watching like this YouTube video of like this little slideshow that was just like to music and it was wrong because it said it said 300 million people contracted the Spanish flu and it said which was one third of the world's population. And I was like, you're telling me in 1918 there were only 900 million people in the world? I don't think that's correct. So then I went and looked up the population, and that's where I got in 1900. It was 1.6 billion. So yeah. that was way off. Yeah. And, Their uh, math is but other than that, wrong. I mean, I don't, I, is, did you get the number 300 million contracted it? You no, any? I got like over 500 million. So that would be a lot closer to the 1.6 billion. Hmm. All right. I'm going to check my sources from now on. It's YouTube. <laughs> huh? Nothing that goes on YouTube is real, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust anything on YouTube. But, yeah, did you have anything else that you saw or whatever that I haven't covered or we haven't covered at this point? Uh, there was a statistic I read that um, more U.S. soldiers died from the Spanish flu in 1918 than died in World War I in 1918. Yeah. Because didn't World War I just end right around the time of the Spanish flu? Yeah, I think so. I think that was kind of part of the story was like actually it was people came back from World War II, World War One. And that's where a lot of like the cases of the Spanish flu originated from was from uh, military members coming home. If I remember right, it, see, in, my head, in my head, the trenches, the conditions in the trenches in World War One were like so horrific and horrendous that I wouldn't be surprised if somehow that was where the flu came from. Yeah, they should probably make a movie about that. Like stuff that happened probably like around the year before 1918. Mm-hmm. Well, they just made a movie called 1918. <laughs> no, it was 1917. Oh, 1917. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well done. Finally, the guys well to get way to get the joke. I'm like, well to get the joke. <laughs> so, <laughs> those, Euro- right. those Europeans. <clears throat> all right so then the next one that i had so we're i mean we're not touching every single plague or pandemic that's ever hit the earth there's a ton of them um but i'm doing some of the bigger ones and then some of the ones that stand out more because the next two are ones that have happened in our lifetimes the next one is aids or hiv Oh, magic. That's why why you had me get a picture of him. (laughs) So tiny. He's so little. Why is he so little? I should have got you a better quality picture. I know. You know, anyone who can't see what that is, that's Magic Johnson posting up uh, Michael Air Jordan um, back in, I would imagine, the late 80s, early 90s. But. I mean, anybody who's a sports fan and probably anybody who's not a sports fan knows that Magic Johnson was probably the one that kind of brought HIV to like the center of attention here in the U.S. as far as he contracted oh, he was, HIV. He was had the to Rudy Gobert of his day. What? He was the Rudy Gobert of his day. Is that what you said? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of. But yeah, like... 
I don't, I mean, but the thing is, and maybe this is a good time to talk about it because I vaguely remember when Magic Johnson had to come to the podium and tell everybody that he had HIV and he was very clear to make sure that everyone understood that does not mean he has AIDS yet. It just means he has the HIV virus. And I don't even know if, do we know, like, did it ever come out, like, how he contracted it or how they think he contracted the HIV virus? Um, I think it was, well, I think, because the thing back then is just that everybody thought, that, like, oh, if you, if you have AIDS, then you're gay. Yeah, but that's obviously not right. Well, yeah. And so I think he came out and he was explaining, like, no, you, you can be straight and get AIDS <laughs> or get yeah. HIV, I guess. But the point is, like, it was always, like, known, at least at that point, I remember, I mean, everyone knew it as, like, the sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. So, like, well, it's in the end, transmitted disease, but it's, I mean, what they obviously didn't know, like, when it first started was just that, I mean, it could, I mean, there's various ways that you can get it, but it does have to enter into your bloodstream. So, yeah. I mean, later yeah. on, they figured out it could, it could be transmitted through saliva, I believe. It can be transmitted through, like, obviously, like, sharing of needles. So there's, like, a lot of drug addicts who attracted it from using the same needles as other people. Um, so you don't have to be an addict. You can just be a recreational user. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, recreational, if you're a recreational user, you're not going to be taking somebody else's needle because I don't care if you are a junkie. That's still gross. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, this was a big thing and it came on the scene and they didn't, I mean, he had to retire from the NBA because basically at the time, no one would want to play with him because they thought that if they played against him, they would contract uh, AIDS or HIV. And like, if he got a cut then they, or got a bloody nose, then there's, you know, they could get it. And so, I mean, which I understand the fear back then. Just let him get to the drive to the hoop free, like free and clear. He could have have been the most dominant scorer ever (laughs) after that. Um, But the thing is like, you hear about it, but you really don't hear about it that much anymore. And so I was curious to find this out. 37.9 million people on earth are alive with the HIV virus right now. That's because it's manageable now. There's medications, there's treatment. And I guess I should say this was a study done in 2018. So a couple years ago. So I'm assuming the numbers are similar now. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like, and it wasn't so much that I thought like everybody would have died from it because I know it's more treatable, more manageable. Obviously magic Johnson is still thriving to this day. And it's been like 30 years almost since he came out with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it was more shocking that just that many people actually have it still. Like I kind of, for some reason, because I didn't hear about it as much, I just thought, Oh, like there's not very many people that have left that really have the disease. Right. But apparently that's wrong. There's a lot of people that still do. So yeah, I don't know. AIDS. Well, if you want to, just a couple of recommendations, a um, couple of, well, one movie, I know I've talked about this before. It was actually back in our episode of uh, who would we bring back from death <laughs> episode about celebrities. And I talked about Brad Renfro who started a movie called the cure. And uh, yeah. so that's all about that. It's, it's about uh, these, this boy who has the HIV um, virus and it was, I think it was transmitted to him through like some, like he was sick some other way, you know, got somebody's blood um, 
like a blood transfusion and then contracted it that way. Um, but anyway, it's just about these two kids who, you know, even back like when this movie came out or I guess um, where it's set, people were very still uneducated about it. And so uh, like Brad Renfro's mom was all worried and said, you can't go play with that boy because you know, you're, you're going to contract AIDS. And, uh, but anyway, they go off on this journey to try and find the cure for it and stuff like that. But anyway, it's, it's, it's a good movie. There's a show that I do not like. It was called angels in America. And that was about AIDS too, but I did not like that. <laughs> yeah, so, I my knowledge of the AIDS media or AIDS cinema is not as extensive as yours. <laughs> I don't know that it's, I've it's seen any it's not AIDS. It's not AIDS specific. It's just, <laughs> Trav's it's like, just, I have in my collection of AIDS, AIDS cinema over here. Trav. AIDS cinema. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Trav, what are your thoughts on Dallas Buyers Club? You know, I never saw that movie. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it was pretty good. But there's that, that the there's, uh, uh, what Philadelphia with Tom Hanks. Oh yeah. Um, who now has got the the COVID nineteen? Yeah. Oh, he had AIDS in a movie, and now he has COVID. Oh my goodness. Um, there's uh, that album uh, from Salt and Peppa, their first album that has a song about AIDS. So, I mean, it's it's all over the place, man. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, in the 90s, AIDS was definitely, like, yeah. pop culture. I mean, pop culture is probably the wrong word for it, but, like, it was so prevalently talked about that it was just, like, another verb, almost. And it was just, well, look yeah. Well, look at what's going on right now with, with corona. I mean, it's <laughs> it's literally, like, you can't run away from it. Like, I mean, yeah, we're we're hiding in our houses so that we don't get it, but you can't get away from it. Yeah. yeah, I I literally get I get like at least twenty notifications on my phone every day with updates on it. The every news station they never talk about anything else. Like I, America is oblivious to any other thing that's going on in the world because it's all twenty four seven COVID. I was gonna make a post on Facebook that said. <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know if this would be funny or not. But I was just going to say, well, we haven't heard much about any terrorists lately, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, we are just being terrorized by little teeny microscopic terrorists. You know, and maybe co- and maybe coronavirus will take out some of our enemies. You know, maybe some of those people in the Midwest <laughs> that are <laughs> wanting to hurt us. In the Midwest? Not in the Midwest. The <laughs> oh, I thought you purposely said that. Those, those dang Minnesota. people from Oklahoma and Colorado and Alaska. <laughs> All those people. Oh, I mean, Alley. But let me just say. I mean the Middle East. <laughs> let me just say. We mean terrorists, not all people in the Middle East. Yeah, no, I didn't. I said <laughs> some of those people that want to hurt us. Is oh. what I said. Like those people in the Midwest. That's what he said. Those people in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> so ourselves in Utah. Wait, we're 
We're Why do you consider us slightly like west of Midwest? Oh, I consider we? the Midwest to start like around Oklahoma. Texas <coughs> is like more the south, but up above Oklahoma is Nebraska, the Dakotas, mm. what other Iowa. Kentucky. Okay. All right. All right. Kentucky's more the South. All right. <laughs> so that's enough about AIDS for now. The last one I want to go over is just Ebola. <laughs> What's so funny, Jam? <laughs> that's enough about AIDS. <laughs> for now. We'll, we'll, we'll circle around on that one. <laughs> we'll come back to that one later. <laughs> Well, we just spent a lot of time on AIDS, that's all. So let's get into Ebola. Ebola. We're laughing an awful lot for a show about pandemics. (laughs) (laughs) I got to keep it light, guys. (laughs) It's a very heavy topic. Um, Our laughing is not at like these situations or the people, obviously, that are hurt by uh, the pandemics. It's just... We're trying to keep it light because we're also here to try and just have help people have a better day, right? Yeah. You know, in the end. So, but Ebola. There's plenty of time to be depressed after. My, one of, yeah, one of my favorite memories of Ebola, and that sounds weird to say my favorite memories of <laughs> Ebola, but like it is Trav Cole borrowing my copy of Outbreak uh, in the 90s. And watching it, only to find out that my videotape ran out of space at like for the last twenty minutes of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you recorded so, it off of TV. Trav, I still have not. The pandemic is that. still going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Netflix now. I know, but now it feels like a little weird to watch it right now. Why? So I don't know. If not because now, when? Because of Corona. <laughs> See, Trav, you're talking to Alan, who, like, his first inclination once we were like, oh, we're having a coronavirus or COVID 19 pandemic was to go watch Contagion. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't the thing. only one. Contagion became, like, a top three movie watched on, like, all I, like, on Apple. Everybody you know. started watching it. But this, the sick part about that, is that I had already seen it when it first came out. So I watched it for the second time just because of this pandemic. <laughs> so what do they call that? Like when it comes back, reoccurrence? Huh? A bounce, a bounce back? Huh? The lagoon deal? <laughs> 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 what are you talking about? No, like when like a disease comes back again, like cycles back. What's it called? Yeah. I swear I've heard people talking about it all the time because they're like, like what you said, like if it comes back in the fall, it's going to be a blank. A crappy time? <laughs> <laughs> what else? Reoccurrence. Oh, uh, reoccurrence, I guess. Those work. Uh-oh. That work. Um, but anyway, Ebola obviously was a resurgence, a resurgence, maybe, but yeah, had an average death rate of 50%. So one out of every two people, simple math, (laughs) would have, uh, possibly died, um, from Ebola. Um, the one good thing about Ebola is it couldn't spread 
to another person until that person had symptoms. And so, um, you could at least like, Oh, as soon as somebody like started showing symptoms, immediately isolate them, quarantine them. And then you could really curb, uh, the growth or rate of, of Ebola, of the Ebola virus. Apparently it's a very hard word to say. I'll just say EVD for short, I think is what they called it. Ebola virus disease. Oh, EVD. But yeah, so if you got the Ebola virus, you would have fever, fatigue, headache, sore throat, and then that would be usually followed by vomiting, diarrhea, rash, impaired kidney and liver function, and eventually internal and external bleeding. You would what? What was that last one? read? Internal or external bleeding. Oh, okay. Like from your eyes and ears? I think people would bleed from like their, yeah, and they could bleed from like their gums, they could bleed internally um and that's i mean obviously like if you bleed internally that's not good that's what i've been told yeah me too (laughs) i don't like bleeding at all so would you rather bleed internally or externally well externally yeah still (laughs) because then i can put pressure on it and maybe a band-aid but if you bleed internally, you won't see any blood. So if you're like squeamish of blood. Oh, oh yeah. It just fills up your cavities and you just die. Yeah. So. No. I don't know. I ain't no doctor. What if you had your cavities filled? Shut up, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> so anyway, obviously Bolo was something that like. I know there was an outbreak in the 90s, if I remember right. It might have even started earlier than that. But then again, we had the big outbreak in 2014 to 2016 in Africa. But here's the thing. The point of all of this, if you go through whether it's the prehistoric epidemic that we weren't alive for, obviously, or Black Death or smallpox or Spanish flu or AIDS or Ebola, it doesn't really matter. The thing is like it always seemed like it was so far away from where we are in salt lake city utah right mm-hmm. like it happened ebola like that oh that's something that's happening it's catastrophic it's terrible but it's happening over in africa sars or whatever that's happening over in asia mers that's happening over in the middle east like aids that's happening over in africa primarily until magic johnson got it but it wasn't like i was worried because I thought it was a sexually transmitted disease. And let's be honest, at 10 years old, I wasn't going to get any, you know? So I wasn't that worried about it. So I don't know. Like, what do you guys feel like to me? That's like one of the big differences between what we're going through now and what we, of the pandemics that we've gone through in the past. Well, yeah, we talked about it last episode. I mean, even when this first started out, it was like, Oh, this is coronavirus. It's in China. And you know what? It doesn't really matter because most people in China walk around with masks on anyway. So don't mean that as like a necessarily a joke, but I mean, <laughs> I swear like, I mean, I swear they would just always wear masks as they go out because it's like, okay, I don't want to get sick for whatever reason. And but, also, I think a big part of the masks too was like the in like Shanghai, say, I think Shanghai, like the air pollution was so horrible. Yeah. That it, they were trying to filter out some of that 
uh, crap in the air. Yeah. But in the beginning, it was just, okay, yeah, it's over in China. And then it was over in Europe. And, you know, it slowly came. I don't know why we were the last ones. Well, I mean, I know there's other places that really aren't affected, but, uh, but you know, we're America. We do everything bigger, better, whatever. I think I mentioned that last time. And so we just had to become the center of attention with it. And, <laughs> and yes, this is why it's different because now it is something that, you know, we now have to wear masks. I went to freaking Costco yesterday or the day before. And you know, there, uh, I don't know. Have either of you been to Costco recently? No. Yeah, I went there on the weekend and it's, I was telling people this, that it's interesting because now when you have to go into Costco, they have one entrance point that you can go through. They have to funnel everyone through and then they put a bunch of like shopping carts and pallets up to basically separate everybody. But yeah. the feeling that I get more than anything is like, I'm in line for a haunted house or something like that. Like I'm getting ready to go to a haunted house. But see, I got a different, well, I mean, I get what you're saying, but to me, it was just a very depressing moment because, you know, majority of the people that were standing in line, it was, it was kind of a mix of like, I don't know, today, you know, you had people standing in line. Some people didn't have masks on, but you had people on cell phones and, and doing anything like that, but nobody was really talking to each other. Um, those, you know, most people had masks on, everybody was standing away from each other. It was super quiet. And it was like, I was getting ready for, I don't know, like I was, and, and this is going to sound super morbid and I don't mean it to be anywhere near this, but it was kind of like you're going into like a concentration camp. Not that yeah. I had Nazis, like, you know killing people around and everything, but everybody was just so kind of depressed. And, and for those of us that were going for the first time, we weren't really knowing what to expect. And, and again, for everybody, just so we don't get a bunch of backlash on this, I am not <laughs> saying that going shopping at Costco is like a concentration camp. <laughs> I'm just saying that just the somber feelings was just like, uh, the confusion and, and just quietness and everybody was just standing in a line. It was like, we were a herd of cattle waiting for the slaughter. And then they'd open up this little uh, rope and then you'd get to go in and do your thing. But still in there, everybody's like, I remember like kind of walking and, and I'm keeping my distance too, but like people would like shun you if you were like within a few feet because they're like, you know, I don't want to, I'm assuming you have it. Everybody's yeah. assuming everybody has it. Well, I walked past this lady in Costco because she was walking really slow and like her husband was kind of behind her. So like I had to kind of like weave between her husband and her to get by because they just weren't really moving through this aisle. And I have no idea if this was geared even towards me or if it was completely unrelated or whatever. But like when I was passing her, all I heard was, Oh, uh, uh, and like, so I was like, is that me? Like, is she saying that to me? <laughs> I'm like, you are, you are Asian. So oh, it probably was. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, <laughs> just kidding. 
<laughs> but no, like I said, I have no idea. Maybe she was thought it was her husband coming up behind her and then she realized I wasn't or something. Like it could have been completely unrelated, but it made me think normally I wouldn't have thought much of the comment, but because of the situation and the environment that we're in, it made me think like, oh, is she saying that because I got maybe quote unquote too close to her, like within her bubble, because I would have been less than six feet away for a split second while I was passing her. Um, so I don't know. No. It is weird. And I totally get what you're saying, Trav, like the whole, it is kind of like somber, this weird feeling that nobody really wants to like, there used to be like a lot more talking and acknowledging others. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that's kind of going away. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, it's reality. Like in situations like this, you're going to see the best of humanity and the worst of humanity. So, you know, like for example, in New York city, I think, I think it's on a nightly basis, but like, uh, I've seen some videos of, um, you know, people in their, on their balconies of their apartments or whatever. And the whole city, like everyone is just like at their window or whatever, just screaming and applauding for the healthcare workers showing their gratitude for, for, you know, the nurses and the doctors and everybody that's putting themselves in harm's way to try and battle this uh, virus. But at the same time today, I read an article about, um, you guys know Instacart? Yeah. It's kind of, it's a grocery delivery. Yeah. You make an order and then somebody that works for Instacart will will go pick up your groceries that you, you know, your list of groceries and then deliver it to your house. Um, but now there are people that are like, just like doing the most selfish thing they possibly could, which is, and you know, these workers, when they're going, they pick up the groceries, they're putting themselves in harm's way, you know, to a certain extent they're putting, they're exposing themselves to maybe contracting the virus because it's a public space. Um, but, there are so many people that are ordering deliveries that they can't get to them all or there's like a big, a long wait. So people will put big tips on the orders, like 50 to a hundred dollars because the workers get to choose which orders they go get. And so they'll obviously choose these huge tips, you know, and go get those orders first. And then when they drop them off, um, as soon as they leave, there's an option for up to three days that you can go back and adjust your tip and people will turn their tip back to zero and they don't get any of that tip. The workers won't get any tip. So they're being conned into going to get these orders. That's pretty messed up. They're like, Oh, I'm going to get a hundred dollars. Nice. And then the tip just disappears. They should have to go through like a whole dispute like center like have like have to fill out forms and like go through and talk to somebody and be like explain why and they only get like one tip refund per like year or something like that that way they can't just that would be cool if they changed it or at least just like if instacart recognized that that was going on right now and um said i'm sorry but you cannot change your tip yeah, you can't alter your tip like while this is going on, um, unless, like you said, it really was like you accidentally put an extra zero on there, and you're like, I didn't five hundred dollars, and, and um, then you could call them or something and go through a process. But yeah, 
Yeah. True. So, well, go ahead, Trav. I was just going to say, so um, uh, we should probably move along just a little bit. I'll be honest. My phone just told me I've got about 10 per- 10% left. <laughs> I plugged it in, but I don't know if it's going to work because I can't okay. see if it's charging or not. But anyway, uh, the two things that we really haven't covered yet is just kind of how, how COVID-19 stacks up against the pandemics of the past. And then, um, you know, what is the difference or, or what is different or better this time around? So, yeah. So, I mean, to answer the first question, I think uh, part of it that we, we just answered is the fact that things are so different for us here, especially in the States, because we've never had to deal with something like this in our lifetimes as far as having to shelter in place, having to actually be fearful that we could contract it, having to be fearful that our friends or family could contract it, having you just kind of not knowing what to expect, having the actual effect on our economy, like all that kind of stuff that we've never had to experience before is obviously different this time around than it used to be when we were, or when other pandemics were happening in our lifetimes and obviously the other ones we weren't even alive for. So it's just something that you learned about in the history books, right? So you always think way back then, obviously like in the bubonic plague, yeah, it's just like Trav said, is it just because they didn't know how to clean out their poop and like they would just dump it on the streets. And this is eventually how between that and the rats that were everywhere, that's what caused it. Or, you know, there's like, that's kind of the feeling that you get when you look back on some of these other ones. But I think that there's a lot of positives as far as like the way, the place that we are now in the world versus where we were in the past um, that stems well or looks good for us to be able to have a better outcome, to better treat this type of thing. To have, you know, We're still going to have deaths. We're still going to have a lot of negative that comes out of it but there could be less than obviously there was a hundred years ago (laughs) yeah and i figured uh because you know we talked about this a a couple days ago i figured i'd just uh mention it because i actually did see something um that actually that confirmed it um but there was an article out there that was just talking about how we in the u.s are are counting the deaths of of people with coronavirus, and uh, you know the the first thing that came out uh, in this this article or this message was that you know one of the leading causes of death in the United States, or, or probably like, it's probably in the world, but uh, um, is heart disease, which takes one thousand and two people every day, um, and so when you look at those numbers, I mean, there's probably a lot of people, not all of them, but there's probably a lot of them that are, that could be dying that have the coronavirus, uh, you know, or that had contracted the coronavirus, but just died due to heart disease, not because of the virus. Or maybe it was just like, yeah, the virus was in them. Maybe, you know, they already had a weakened immune system, but it was still the heart disease that got them. But even if it was that, they've come out and said that, doesn't matter what the, the actual death reason for death is. If they do either an autopsy or the postmortem check or whatever, and they find out that they have uh, coronavirus, then they are added to the death toll. So 
I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, we still don't have all the information and uh, the information that we are getting, um, you know, that we see is just kind of floods your, floods your mind, makes you nervous, makes you fearful. And uh, it, it could be just as bad as it's, you know, everybody's saying, or it could maybe not be as bad. It's just that that shouldn't take away from how we're reacting to it. But uh, <clears throat> I think there was another thing that I told you about, Dan, was uh, that, uh, you know, the thing that is worse than the coronavirus is the actual fear. And that's in, in a medical way um, or point of view, when you are scared, your body goes into fight or flight and it uses excess energy, which actually takes away from your, your immune system. And so if you are scared and you're acting on that, your body's immune system is weakened anyway. So if you do contract it, the fear is actually probably worse than, than actually getting it. Um, yeah. because otherwise, if you weren't scared, you know, I mean, yeah, you could be a little scared, but if you weren't, you know, in this state of constant fear, then your immune system could probably, you know, attack it and, and help out. But um, anyway, so I think just like the message at this point is everybody keep doing what they're doing. Obviously, the uh, um, the social distancing is working, may not be working to what we would like, because I know all of us want to get back to our freaking lives. <laughs> um, I mean, and on that note, I mean, I think understanding that we probably will not be going back to normalize for a, a while, meaning until we have a vaccine or something. So it could be a year or two of, yeah, we kind of get back to people, the businesses kind of reopen, but I would not be surprised to see that it's just this ongoing, like you really can't eat in. We're just going to be doing takeout for a while. You still got to be practicing certain just social distancing measures because we don't want a, like a relapse or like, another, you know, we don't want this to keep popping up all the time because it very easily could. And so we basically eradicate it, you know? So it's one of those things that's going to be interesting to see how we bounce back. And I think we're going to, we've learned a lot over the last month. Everyone has of just kind of how to deal with, this new reality that we live in. Yeah. So, well, just, if you're listening to this, just keep up with the, with the high spirits. Don't be fearful. Just keep doing what you're doing. Stay away from people, wash your hands, <laughs> all that stuff. And we should be able to get through this, but uh, yeah. And I know basically we went through some positives, but we also went through a lot of negatives. I know the point that we wanted to kind of do is maybe end on a little bit more of a positive note. Um, so I just came up with some categories we can kind of go through really quick as far as what I think is better now um, than it was in the past with other pandemics and see kind of where, where we are, how we can handle things better uh, than we used to. So one area that I think we're better at now is kind of just in science and biology and medicine in general, I think it's something that we just know more. So the fact that we know more, we know better um, how to handle certain things and how to react to certain things. So if you want to bring up slide seven, Alan. <clears throat> yeah, like in 1918, I don't think we even knew what viruses were or bacteria, maybe bacteria, but as far as viruses... 
I don't think we knew what they were. That they yeah. Did. So I mean, now we, we obviously didn't have any uh, ventilators. We didn't have any vaccines. Wait, did we? Smallpox, I think, was the very first vaccine ever. Yeah, they might have been in the early because I think they did come up with a vaccine eventually for the Spanish flu. That's when they came oh. up with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is an, I saw this kind of chart or graph or whatever you want to call it. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting, but it just shows you our understanding of the difference between how um, the mortality rate or the death rate of a certain disease versus how uh, contagious that particular disease is can make a difference on how much you have to worry about it affecting society. Um, So, I mean, around this whole chart here, you can see like some diseases um, are extremely deadly if you get them, but they are definitely something that affects the person or persons who gets it much more than it would affect like an entire group or society of people, right? Whereas if you had something that was much more contagious and got passed along a lot easier, like I think it's really small in here, but I think it's measles was is clear over there on the right-hand side. Is that right, Alan? Yeah. But that one is super contagious and obviously can affect a lot more people, but it's not that deadly. So it's going to affect a lot of people. So basically I think, I think measles was for every one person that has it, they can give it to 16 other people. Yeah. So you can see something like that, how that one can be scary as far as just getting a bunch of people sick, but kind of like the worst uh, for society in general is getting a disease that's um, fairly contagious and especially if it's contagious without having to show symptoms like COVID-19 is um, where you can be asymptomatic or just be in the early stages, not showing any symptoms, and, but still uh, giving it to other people where other people can contract it from you, but also has a decent mortality rate, meaning, you know, it's, it's right at this point, I think they're still figuring out what it is, but by most estimates, it looks like they're looking somewhere between three to 6% um by a lot of the estimates that i've seen recently so it's got a fairly high mortality rate but it's also fairly um contagious the thing though is that if something's super deadly it kind of almost in a way takes care of itself so the worst case because the virus does not want you to die as the host because if you as the host dies it kills the chances of the virus spreading more right like the virus wants to keep the host alive so that it can spread easily and continue to go into other hosts and it keeps itself alive. Cause as we all know, at this point, uh, viruses aren't, I don't know, how would you classify them? Cause they're not necessarily like living beings, right? They're just kind of like, they can't reproduce on their own. They have to have a host to reproduce. And yeah, so, they, I mean, but they, they still have RNA, right? They don't have DNA. They have RNA. Yeah. I think they can, I can think they can have either or, um, most of them I think do have an RNA, but that's what goes into the cell itself. And that's what, uh, infects the host and cause the host actually help the virus duplicate and create more of the virus. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you guys talk, like Trav was saying earlier, like if we know this now, but back in the black plague, times or the early smallpox uh, epidemics 
you could have, you wouldn't have necessarily known what was going on or why it was going on. This would be the times when you would have people just being, just blaming the devil or assuming that this is witchcraft or magic or that somebody's after them. And it's like this hocus pocus stuff, right? Like it's just not, they don't know why it's happening to them. Maybe they did something wrong or so they're just trying to figure that out. Um, But on top of all that, like for this whole thing, they did, I mean, you think of something like genome sequencing and it almost doesn't even sound that impressive anymore. But if you think about the ability to genome sequence something and the fact that they were able to genome sequence the COVID-19 virus within just like a matter of weeks and then get that information to all the scientists all over the world so they could immediately start working on vaccines and cures and different things to help deal with the virus. To me, that's something that's very positive and very different than um, epidemics or pandemics or any virus in the past. Um, So if you bring up slide eight, Al, There's one thing they found on here. And Trav, I'm going to show you. Okay. So that you can see it. <laughs> but can you read what the third word down of the list on the right is? Like, if you were to read the third line, Envelope. I guess. Yep. So they found out that the COVID-19 virus has what's called an envelope. Who are they sending? Who is it sending letters to? They're emotional <laughs> letters. Emotional letters. <laughs> Stupid. See, I preordained this months ago. But no, I even that looking at this and reading a little bit about it, I still can't really meticulously describe the envelope to you. To me, it's just it's pointing towards like the exterior looking wall of the virus, I guess. Um, but this is something that all viruses don't necessarily have. It's good for this particular virus because it helps the envelope itself helps it disguise and avoid um, your immune system. So it kind of is like almost like a stealth um, or incognito mode or something like that that the virus has to avoid your immune system kicking in as quickly. But the downside for the virus itself is the envelope makes it super susceptible to cleaning agents or anything like that that. So, I mean, that's why you can easily kill this with, um, what do they call it, 401, 409. Yeah, 409. Um, <laughs> 401. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, hand sanitizers and stuff like that. So, yeah, but there's a lot of things that have been positive that or that are better now just because of our understanding of what's going on, their ability to dig deep into the science, understand the virus itself, understand how it works, what it's trying to do, what it's going after. We know it's going after the ACE2 receptors. That's how it's trying to connect, you know? So what can we do to curb that or avoid that or where, where they can look for things. Um, And then we talked a little bit about this. We're not going to talk long about it, but last episode, wasn't it chloroquine that we talked about Trav and, there were people that were that drank like there's a couple that drank uh, aquarium cleaner, um, and one of them ended up dying because there is hydroxychloroquine in aquarium cleaner, like a small amount of it or something like that. I don't know. Maybe we talked about. It. I don't necessarily remember that part, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's. I different- have heard about people that like. I don't know if this is true, but people taking the advice to drink bleach because that would kill the virus. 
Or probably would, but it would also kill them. Yeah. That's the thing that's like hard for me to understand the thought process that some people go through. Um, Cause yeah, bleach would probably kill the virus. I would agree, but it's not good for your own intestines. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> but there's three different medicines that they've already come up with that they've identified that have show promise. Like none of this means that they are going to work or whatever, but there's remdesivir. Um, this is a medicine that they came up with to actually fight Ebola and is effective against Ebola. They found that this was also effective against SARS and MERS in the past, but they found that it interferes with the virus's ability to replicate. So basically it just slows the virus itself down once it's in the system. Uh, we talked about the hydroxychloroquine or the chloroquine. That's a drug that actually was used to cure or treat malaria. This is supposed to actually raise the pH level in your cells and making them less inhabitable for these particular viruses. It was also effective against mm-hmm. SARS. And then there's Lopin, Lopinavar. Do you know what I'm talking about, Trav? Lopinavar and Ritnover. <laughs> what? These are Why? apparently... <laughs> what? Why do you assume, or why do you ask if, like, that's correct, like, to me? It's like, is that, is that right? <laughs> well, because you're you a talk, right? Your English skills are superior to mine, so I figured... Yeah, but I don't have it up in front of me, so I don't know what it is. <laughs> that's a new word to me. <laughs> Lopinavar, Lopinavar, and Ritnovar is what apparently that's how I sound them out. But anyway, they were used to treat HIV um, because they can actually reduce the number of virus in your system. So that's why people with HIV, they, if they take the, these drugs together, it actually helps suppress the number of HIV virus in their system. Therefore, hopefully, so that it doesn't eventually turn into the full-fledged AIDS, I think is how it works, right? Um, but they also found that this these drugs were effective against SARS. So there is track records for them being effective against other versions of coronavirus. And um, they've shown a little bit of promise, but it's still something that's in the works. I'm only sharing this information because maybe somebody out there would like to know what they're working on and what's going on. But that was basically what I had for science slash medicine um, and our understanding of biology, unless you guys have anything to add to that. Nope, that's it. All right. So the other thing, Trav might have more excitement about this one is advancement in technologies. Okay. <laughs> so like Trav or Alan was saying, well, are we going to, uh, wait, are we talking about this slide? No. We can. I was about to get to that. But yeah, yeah. And like you said, like we have respirators now, right? Is that ventilators. Ventilators, yeah. Yep. Um, that can, I mean, obviously they've found that that's helped like a lot of people. If we didn't have ventilators, I think the death rate of COVID-19 would be much higher than it is. But the fact that we have this technology available and we know how to use it helps a lot of people survive um, that may otherwise have not survived. Um, we've talked about vaccines briefly Last week, Trav went on his rant. I don't know if you want to go on another rant about non-vaccinators, Trav. Vaccinate your damn kids. <laughs> but last week, we talked about the RNA vaccine um, that they got going on in clinical trials. 
And so I thought, for me, I don't really understand what the heck clinical trials meant necessarily. Like I knew it was like they were testing it and they were working on it. But whenever somebody told me, it's like, if I would have just come up to you, Trav, and said, they're in phase two clinical trials, would you know what that even means? Uh, without, looking at the, mean. without the looking at the chart. <laughs> on the yeah, I would have no clue. I'm like, uh, phase two of how many phases? <laughs> yeah, like me too. I didn't know how many phases there were either. So just doing a quick research on it. Um, yeah, so there's basically like four phases, but you can actually even start at phase zero. Phase zero, if you do start at, the, at that, is basically, is it going in is what the phase is. So meaning is your body even absorbing the medication or the medicine, whatever it is, the drug into your system? Cause I guess some drugs, sometimes they'll go in, but they just come back out and they don't really do anything. So you got to first make sure that it actually can be absorbed in whatever form you're taking it in, into the body that makes it effective. Once they determine that, then they go to phase one, which is, is it poison basically, which basically is like, is there adverse effects? So they take a small group of people, maybe like 30 to hundred people, uh, maybe even less than that in this phase and they just have them take it and make sure, you know, you're not dying. You're not having really bad side effects. There's, it's not poisonous to your body or your system or whatever it is. So, um, and doing that, that's phase one, phase two, does it work? So once you're in phase two, it's actually, um, going in to see if it actually treats, the disease or whatever is doing because it does no good if you get to this point and the drug itself doesn't actually cure or treat whatever you're creating it to do right so it has to get through phase two trials if it proves that then phase three is basically does it do it better than whatever else is on the market already because there's no point in creating a drug that's not as good as another drug that's already out there so it has to be better in the fact that it actually treats it better or that it's just as good, but it has less side effects or it's safer. So there's got to be like a reason that makes sense for it to move forward through phase three, three trials. And then phase four is basically, it's already passed all those phases. It's out there. It's available to the public or whoever has access to it. But they do ongoing testing and making sure that like now that the masses have it, that there still isn't any issues or side effects that they weren't aware of or that it's still working. So that's kind of the phase of clinical trials um, for anybody who didn't know. Um, and then finally, one other really cool thing that I saw um, was artificial intelligence. So they now have the ability to have artificial intelligence um, be able to go through, crunch all the numbers or all the different drugs that are known out there. And they can just basically just compare and contrast and be like, okay, we know that this drug helps take care of this kind of thing. We know that this drug helps take care of this thing. And the computer itself is just continually learning and figuring out what drug combinations it can use to potentially create a new drug that would be effective to, uh, against a new virus or something like that. So I don't know. AI is a very interesting topic anyway, but there's just one more use for it that is pretty interesting in the fact that you can have something basically working at light speed 24-7 trying to figure out these very complex problems, just combining all these different variables and factors together into trying to figure out an answer or something that would be effective against, in this case, a virus, right? So there's those are all things to me that make me feel better that we're in a better spot today than we were 
a hundred years ago or even 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you think of any other technologies or whatever, Trav? No. Hospital beds have really improved. They go up and down. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> and you put a button on it and the I nurse comes. They have lumbar, lumbar support. Yeah, green lumbar. So, so, I mean, let's say you get better with the virus, but then all of a sudden you got scoliosis. So, <laughs> yeah. That's true because you were laid up for so long that you need back support now. Yeah. Plus, I heard people get back pains with it anyway, but that's because they have sore muscles, I think. They have those leg massagers so you don't get blood clots. So, tons, of, tons of technology. Yeah. So, this one, this last thing on that is going to, is like right up Trav's alley because I know how much Trav likes uh, poo humor. And so. <laughs> <laughs> So, what does that mean? <laughs> like, why? Why? why I don't know. I throw it in for you. Uh, but no, they like a recent thing that they kind of found out is that they can go test sewage in certain areas for remnants of the COVID 19 virus. And so, what they found is actually this can be a precursor to when an outbreak is going to occur in a certain area. So they can find certain spots that are like, I'm going to go test the sewage coming out of this area. And if they can find traces of COVID, they know that there's a high likelihood that that area is going to experience uh, an outbreak shortly. So they can maybe use that as like a, a warning factor. It'd be like the siren that goes off when a tornado is about to start in like the Midwest, the trout hates. And the what? The Midwest. Remember, you're scared of people in the Midwest. <laughs> you call it Trav Aids? <laughs> no, that Trav hates. That Trav The Trav Aids. I was like, I don't have AIDS. <laughs> but no, like, <laughs> the Trav Aids. But yeah, like, they could actually warn people ahead of time and say, all right, everybody in this city, you need to go go quarantine or go do self-isolation or do social distancing because mm-hmm. we're fairly certain that the poo is telling us that there's going to be an outbreak soon. <laughs> what What were you expecting? How were you expecting me to react to that? Like, you tell me like, oh, we can find coronavirus. It's like a precursor to outbreaks is in the poo. And I think, oh. <laughs> <laughs> really? Exactly. I love poo coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I expected. <laughs> I would have expected you to be like, wait, what? Did you say poo? Are you talking about poo? <laughs> Uh, the poo yeah. shall save us all. <laughs> I'm just saying, poo oh. is the uh, future of humanity. But yeah, other good things though that we've had now this time that we have not had in the past, at least that I know of, is corporations and to a certain extent the government has actually been stepping up uh, at a rate that I don't think they have in the past. 
partially probably because like this is more hitting close to home obviously or is hitting home but i mean i don't know what have you guys are like what you're talking about state governments as far as like i mean both to a certain degree i think some states have been better to react than the federal government as far as their the decisions that they made but in general from like the government standpoint the Fed immediately moved their rates down to 0%, which is something they wouldn't have done back in 2008. That's something they didn't do back in 2008, which created the, you know, the 2008 recession was a lot worse because they were slow to react. Um, the federal government passed the $2 trillion stimulus. They're sending money out to everybody uh, that makes under a certain amount of money so that they have extra cash. They're extending uh, unemployment benefits. They're... Um, helping small businesses, customers on payroll. What's that? That as long as you paid your taxes. Yeah. See, it pays sometimes to pay your taxes. Although I paid a lot more in taxes still. Than the $3,400 that you're going to get? Yep. How about you, Trav? Have you paid more taxes than that? Yes. (laughs) In one sitting, yes. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and just ask Trav every question that I come up with to see if he's experienced it, how he feels about it. How do you feel about poo and taxes? <laughs> how do you feel they're, about they're one and the same thing? <laughs> but on top of that, like companies themselves have stepped up and kept employees on or are donating large sums of money or going out of the way to produce essential goods that aren't even like their core business. Like, like the car companies are now creating a, or, or yeah, making ventilators. You have other companies that are making masks that don't normally make masks or, you know, hand sanitizers. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things. I don't know if your company, I mean, I'm sure your company has offered some maybe extended benefits and stuff like that to you. I know you get to work from home um, some days. I don't know if that's necessarily a benefit or not, but at least it's an option that you get. Well, it's better than your company who thinks that the only dangerous day is Friday. So, well, for me. Which means tomorrow you get to work from home, dude. Yeah, because tomorrow is very high likelihood that I'm going to track, contract the virus <laughs> if I was not at home. Um, but that's what they say. Friday, Asian contraction day. Um, <laughs> this is what the saying is. <laughs> you, go out, you go out on a Friday, you'll contract an Asian. <laughs> Those suckers will just be latched onto your ass. <laughs> Pretty All sure right. I met my wife on a Friday. All right. So we start wrapping this up. Yes. Yeah. Yes, please. So like the last possible thing is, well, not the last possible thing. But the last he can't help himself. <laughs> I know. He wrote it down, so he has to say it. No, I'm skipping stuff, just so you know. Like, but what I'm not gonna skip is Trav's absolute favorite, and that is entertainment and connection options that we have. Ah. So because we gotta be in quarantine, isn't life so much better that we're in quarantine in 2020 than if it was 1920 or 1820? 
I know. Instead of making shadow puppets on the wall, we can, I mean, that's what I was, I was telling my wife, I'm like, I'm much better at being in quarantine than you are just because she wants to get out. And like, I'm, I want to get out of the house too. I'm going to do other things, but I can seriously keep myself busy forever. So, yeah. I mean, I'm fine. Have you finished Netflix yet? I'm getting close, but I have Hulu, I have Amazon Prime, and Disney Plus. So, so there's still so many more streaming services to go. And yeah, no, like I started. Not tiring. to mention all the movies that I have, and I have hundreds. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but it's not just. I mean, there's all the like content you can stream and watch, but it's not just that. There's books. Um, that come in digital format. So it's not even like you have to go out and get a physical book anymore. You could literally buy a book and download it at any time if you wanted to. This is something I know Trav does a lot more than I do, but gaming I think is going to be something that's going like is going to grow exponentially out of this whole thing because it's something people can do. And not only that, it's not just gaming, but it's gaming online with your friends and being able to play. I mean, one game that we actually have been playing in our family is risk on our phones like there's the board game risk that you can get on your phone and you can play with each other across the internet so i want to play yeah so we'll invite you to a game of risk trav so but that's been fun because that's you it, it does everything for you too you don't even have to physically go move the pieces around and like do all that stuff so well that's a i'd imagine i'd hope so <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so, and then finally, it's like video chat um, is something else that I have no, like, is just what we're doing right now. We would not been able to do this even like 10 years ago in the way that we're doing it now. Um, so I've seen Alan and Trav in some ways, maybe as much as I normally had in the past, because we can still stay connected via video chat, right? So this way we can like pick backgrounds. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can show you where all the places in the world that are contracting the virus are. Just FYI, so that you guys aren't confused if you're watching this on YouTube, this is an older map. It's like three or four weeks old, I think. So don't take this map as gospel. You see how you do that? You say the saying right. Gospel. Good, good oh, job. Yeah. What did you say? Last, last all right. I'm ending. I'm officially ending this. So <laughs> thank you everybody for listening. Uh, promise next time we come back with another episode. It's, I feel like we've been talking for three hours. I don't know, but cause we normally have a timer. I don't have a timer now. I just feel like it's been forever. Um, but we'll come back with something not coronavirus related. We'll try not to even mention it because I think we need other topics in our life apart from what's going on. Let's keep our minds off of it. Let's keep that fear factor away so that our immune systems can do what they're supposed to do. But uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, or watching, uh, if you were watching this on YouTube, but uh, you can catch us regularly. Our, our podcast release on, on uh, Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, Stitcher and tune in. Uh, our website, qcopodcast.com, and then you can also follow us on our various uh, social media platforms. Link, not LinkedIn. Catch us on LinkedIn. Uh, 
<laughs> you name like the one Facebook. platform we're not on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, and Twitter. Although we don't know how to use Twitter, but that's all at Cuco Podcast as well. So um, if you like what you hear, don't solely rate us on today's episode. Yourself. But uh, <laughs> go and give us a, a five star rating or whatever you feel we deserve. I think at this point we don't even care as long as we know people are listening. But uh, I think that's pretty much it. You guys have anything else you want to say before we turn things off? No, just reiterating what you said. I think we should go to a lighter topic. Uh, how about like toys, Trav? Should we talk about I toys? I have an idea about toys. I like where you're going with that. So maybe next time we'll talk about some toys. And don't forget, we are going to start the dream episodes again. So join us for those because that is pure entertainment. There and is no we won't talk about coronavirus unless, unless Danny dreams about it. And even at that point, we're it's probably gonna be six, seven months down the road before we can get to that dream. So <laughs> That's true. Anyway, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and catch us next week.